podcast listeners. If you hear my voice right now, I need you to do something for me. I want you to take out your phone or on your computer, go to Apple Podcasts, search for Ask Your Old Head Podcast. You'll see my, my logo, my little picture, my little image there. Find the show. Please rate and write a review. It's a small thing, but it helps others find this work and find what I'm doing here. And it really, really matters, uh, as small as that may seem. So if you could please do that uh, before we get into the show, I very much appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Let's get into it. Peace. Peace. I'm Majestic. My brother, Justice Raji. Man, how you doing today? I'm good, man. Good. You know, we've done, I guess we can date ourselves a bit. <laughs> you know, this whole... uh Daylight saving times thing, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, daylight saving times to me is like Martin Luther King Jr. Like it was something that wasn't really discussed when we was younger. <laughs> that didn't become like a much bigger thing. Like, you know, we was young. Like, like Dr. King, he loved somebody. You want to love somebody, right? <laughs> but it's like, you know, any complexities on his life, none of it was discussed. It was just like, it was Martin Luther King, he, you know, did stuff. Yeah, now, yeah. every January, we have these very complex conversations about capitalism, communism, uh, right. FBI, J. Ever Hoover, like all, all the you know uh, um, patriarchy within the the civil rights right, movement. So, right, right. Like, <laughs> like we're just having a much more complex conversation. I feel like that's what we're having about daylight savings time. Right. <laughs> Where before it was like set your clock back. Right. Said, okay. All I remember as a kid about daylight savings time is like, yeah, it helps the farmers. And I was like, okay, I, I guess. <laughs> then later, like, but now I've done see stuff that like all oh, this car accident stuff and productivity in certain states. It was like all oh, this. I'm like, word? Like the one hour shift is worth all. I'm like, damn, this is a lot Listen, of Listen, I'm trying to tell you. That's why I say daylight saving time is like Martin Luther King Jr. Like, we just have so many complex conversations about it now uh and i didn't know that like arizona doesn't do it yeah yeah arizona doesn't do it um that's another one i think uh, it's one other state i think colorado doesn't do it too yeah it's like uh, one other state that doesn't it's out west but there's another state that doesn't do it so yeah it's gotten it's gotten very complex uh but you never hear about moving it forward right like yeah we never had the conversation about springing forward we always have the conversation about the harm of going backwards yeah i always feel like the so, spring one is the worser one oh you, that's the tougher one you, Hell you, yeah. you gotta basically go to bed earlier if you want to have a regular <laughs> day you gotta like <laughs> be jacked up man i know for my kids every year be like damn man we're gonna they're gonna be a mess on you know you know my beloved you know, my beloved son who didn't always get the cool on time you know what I'm saying? He's like, damn, man, this dude, he was just in a good rhythm, man. He's gonna, he gonna be off. You know what I'm saying? That's my guy, man. Well, love freedom. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it's it's yeah, but it, it seems like such. I mean, even today when I got up, I'm 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 uh I'm in a different location for the world. I'm 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 on mm. the East Coast today, you know what I'm saying, checking out the family and whatnot. And uh so the the my Airbnb got a you know got an alarm clock over there and then I uh, you know I'm like, oh yeah got up I'm like yeah it's daylight savings time, but you still you look at the clock you read the clock it's correct you know what I'm saying I'm like wait a minute exactly it's not that late like, I'm like no. you know what I'm saying? so 
Now I look at my phone. I'm like, yeah, all right, that's the, that feels more like the right time. But you know, it still you know throws you off. You know what I'm saying? It's like clocks and stuff, man. It's it's, it's very difficult. It's like having the clock 15 minutes in your kitchen or somewhere, and you see yeah. it before you leave the crib. Like, oh man, I gotta get out of here. <laughs> you gotta retard running and shit. <laughs> Oh, run it outside, you get outside, and it ain't the time you thought it was. Right, like, you get there, and you get to the bus. Like if you got, especially if you got like you, you know, because I would always use it. Especially, I think when uh one of the one of the apartments we stayed in, I I think I kept my, and, you know, this was a different time. We didn't have phones and shit, but uh, I think I kept my clock ten minute fast in in my room. Yeah. So that if I rushed out, you know, what I'm saying when I got up to uh um what was it Forbes? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, 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 no. Fifth to go downtown. Yeah, right. You know what I'm saying? I'd be, I would be ahead of the, the you know, a little ahead of the bus. You know what I'm saying? So I'd right. know, you know, but like I would, you know, I even though I knew I set the clock fast, like it, but it's, you, you, know, right. you still forget in the moment. You know, in the moment you'd be like, oh man, I gotta get out of here. I'm gonna be late. And then like you get down there and you're not late. And it, it shouldn't work, but it works. You know what I'm saying? As far as like stupid human tricks, it's, it used to be an old, uh, <laughs> I think that was Letterman show these dad stupid human tricks i don't know but anyway long story short um yeah so we we wanted to jump off our conversation today um uh with a post and i, I don't know the brother and i'm gonna see if i can uh, reach out to him i don't know if his you know facebook or whatever is is public but i love you know you shared it with me and it's from several months ago but what what he, what he was building on he was uh, sharing on he was manifesting the idea of he was articulating the concept of of, of distinguishing between um the idea of longevity uh, um and how that shows up in the way that we we frame what we're you know kind of what we're doing right and um and yeah we wanted to talk to you about that a little bit um yeah i mean maybe yeah i think pull me in where we was a good place to start sure 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 so the, the brother is kevin harden jr the brother out of philly a lawyer um works for one of the white shoe um, law firms in Philadelphia, you know, engaged in the community, um, part of the Barrister Association, and a real up and coming uh, lawyer in the tradition of the, like the quote unquote Philadelphia lawyer, um, Mm -hmm. of which there is a long tradition, not only in the white community, but in the black community. Because when people hear the Philadelphia lawyer, you usually think kind of like white lawyers, but there's that tradition in the black legal community as well, um, a distinguished kind of history. So, you know, I, I think the reason I sent it to you and the, the kind of broader idea that, you know, I guess I want to touch a little bit on and get your vantage point is this idea of, you know, Black men in particular in our relationship to the idea of success versus longevity. And his phrasing, um, and just to give some background to it, was switching from success to longevity because looking in our community and seeing how so many people wanted to be successful, but not many people were thinking about the, the concept of longevity with their success, right? And it's, there's so many kind of points I want to touch on uh, that I'm going to touch on, but I want to get your vantage point. That, and, and also for context, this brother was a former hustler, family, you know, mother and father died from different ailments. Um, And so he, like a lot of us in the community, um, see people, you know, pass before what we may perceive as their time and a whole host of other things that come from that. 
in really framing what does longevity look like in our community, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, so yeah, I, you, what was your take on just the, the top line idea? Um, well, I think one of the places I start with is um, is thinking one one just the idea of of, of adding some parameters of of uh, as I would I would frame them as sort of action and evidence in the moment when we're talking about whatever we're doing, right? So if you say, um, you know, someone is successful, right, in, in, in life or in the world, right, sometimes there's an assumption of, of that, like, it's forever. So it's sort of like if somebody, you know, um, I mean, I guess I would say from the, 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 the very tropey, stereotypical concept of it like, oh this person made the league in a sport right they made a professional level in a sport and that if they made it there then everything else is it's done like you you've done you've you're, you're you've done the thing um you you must be a success like that is that is permanent right where you know the reality is that if someone um you know let's let's name the, the, the one with the the, the may probably the highest odds of getting into it right like someone becomes a professional football player meaning they just make it on a team I'm not saying that they're starting or anything they just make it on a team you know yes they're going to earn a higher than normal average salary especially for a 20 something year old person um even though the average career was three years i think it's actually slightly less than three years right so if you were saying the person they they did make a successful effort of they if they've been playing football their whole life since they was little and they was playing it in the middle school and they was a high school player and they got to play maybe division one or whatever level of scholarship level college football and you know hopefully they got an education or at least you know some promises <laughs> if they did, if they didn't go early you know then they got in the league and they made it on the team and man it's great they could have a totally successful NFL career had maybe five years of, of, you know, above average earnings um, and then met their, their sort of natural endpoint of, of, of ability. And they'll only be 26, 27 years old. Like they got a whole, like an entire life ahead of them. Right. So yes, they would be successful within the frame of making that goal, but the, the long-term, like whatever you're assuming their life is like forever after that may not be true. Um, I think maybe another way could look at it is um, outside of, you know, because that's really, you know, pro sports is an extraordinary, right, circumstance. So another way we might look at it is someone goes to either college um, and goes to trade schools. Because if I see another one of y'all post that nobody talks about trade schools, while everybody posts something about damn trade schools, and I love trade schools, and I think people should learn trades. I'm going to jump through the internet and smack somebody. Like every third person, you you. Anyway, I'll get back to it. I'm, I'm not going to go off the Raji rails. Um, Ooh. I'm just tired of it. I keep saying about it. Nobody talk about trade school. I, every day I see somewhere, if I happen to engage with y'all on the internet, where somebody says that somebody isn't thinking about trade school. Y'all are now the, the Tulsa of, hey, brother, do you know about Tulsa? Of, of, <laughs> of issues. You know what I'm saying? Like, straight up, stop it. Um, but anyway, right? So, you know, if you know somebody... You know, either they graduate and they degree in a particular field, you know, what I'm saying, or they get done, they, they join the, maybe the local electrical union or the laborers union, whatever, and they finish their process where they're getting on the job and they're getting that prevailing wage. And you're like, word up, man, they success, man. Yo, you know what's his name, man? He out here, do, 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 do. 
the success is not just achieving the point. The success, the success, we, we sometimes can think the success is just achieving the point. The, the success is then, you know, two years later, three years, like there's no, sometimes we don't have the time component. And the brother, I think, was articulating very well in there that like the success, if the success is just the moment of achievement and not the ongoing like experience of having something that you've done that, or you were trying to do, like continue to live, right? Like in the now, right? So it was like, yo, man, remember when so-and-so opened his store on, you know, and and, and we, I think a lot of us could probably peer into an experience like somebody from your neighborhood or your community, you know, opened up a, like a clothing store or a bookstore or something. And, you know, and they got it going and it was kind of cool. And people was going to it, but maybe it only lasted for a year, a year and a half. Like, it's not a failure necessarily, but it is also, it's still over. <laughs> like, it's dope that they got it there. Mm. But there is a question oh, of yeah. if if the idea of something that you create is is to be ongoing, you know, what what is the what is the time component to success? You know what I'm saying? And, and I thought that was, you know, a, a powerful thing that he was was speaking to because he was speaking even like, you know, brothers being engaged in the great arts of the great economy, you know, where you might have somebody might have a three, five year run where they they demand in the streets, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? And, if, 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 you know, people's money floating around and they got nice, they doing things, they got cars, and then, I mean, you know, hopefully they're not, they don't lose their life, right? But like, yo, remember what's that? Yeah, man, he doing 20 billion years, you know what I'm saying? Or, you know, all this other happened or somebody oh. snitched, like, you know what I'm saying? Or like they scooped right. up their whole right. crew and took them out of the community for 15 years. Right. So when we when we evaluate their circumstance, if 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 the three to five years of living the high life, you know what I'm saying, you know, with all the other things we understand that come with, you know, the, the community effects, the personal effects of engaging in that world was 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 someone's goal or something that people would hold with esteem, you know, why wouldn't we also frame the 15 to 20 years of pain and misery that followed it like are these the same thing and so like within the analysis that he, he kind of puts out there is to think about like I, like i don't want to just be i don't want to just do something do what i'm doing and do something great now how do i start thinking about what i want to do with myself that it that has the assumption to me of of a long time doing it like i'm, I'm gonna be this person i'm gonna be this way i'm gonna, I, I'm gonna do these things but i'm gonna, and i'm gonna do these things for decades like i'm not just trying to like have this like moment so to speak right um sort of projecting in the future you know as we would say writing your history in advance like i'm gonna you know be as this is or i'm gonna do as i'm doing or i'm gonna um make these decisions with the idea that these are the decisions that should be happening for as long you know as i can perceive and experience you know so that was one of the things that um, so can i just add on about that real quick Mm-hmm. And I think this is something that I've, you know, saw and worked with young people in community. And now I think social media reinforces a certain mind state that is very prevalent in some quarters of our community. Not all quarters, but I think it has spread to more quarters now, frankly, than it did at one time. When you're in, in of certain experiences, we have this, what I call an inverted reality in certain components of the, in the black community amongst black men, meaning this, 
uh, in most communities, the most successful person is either middle-aged and older, mm-hmm. right? Like that's when people reach the pinnacle and height of their success. That's when they're, that's when they're, um, their wisdom comes into bloom. That's when their experience comes into bloom. That's when their time of supporting and defending their community becomes more fuller, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I, I'm going to use kind of the gray economy to, to show it, but I think it's just in broad. When you think of like American business success, it's only now you think of people and people focus on 20 year old folks, right? Up until, a, up until very recently, the titans of industry were old people, mm-hmm. <laughs> usually old mm-hmm. white men, but let's, yeah. you know, <laughs> but they were older people. Even in, uh, in the black community, generally, older men, and again, I'm not talking about they had to be 50 and all that kind of stuff, 60, but older people, were the people that you saw and were held in regard in a certain fashion for taking care of the community, um, even if they were kind of in that space between the gray economy and the traditional economy, right? So I'm going to say particularly crack shifted the idea of when you would be most successful. Crack shifted the idea from traditionally in the community, older men would be more powerful to like younger men became immediately more powerful overnight, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And uh, every city is replete with the story of the young hustlers that achieved this huge notoriety, usually by the time they were between 25 and 30, paid in full. New Jack City, which was, you know, kind of largely based on the Chambers brothers out of Detroit and also kind of had some stuff from Felix Mitchell um, in from Oakland, Um, Mm -hmm. the JBM in Philadelphia. um, uh, What's his name down? Rayful Edmund in D.C. I mean, you can just go every city. Right. Mm -hmm. Has this Mm -hmm. has this idea of these like young people. Who made so much money. We have countless Instagram pages dedicated to these people. When you look at them, when they were at their highest, they were all kids. So it almost reinforced this idea of when are you most successful? The younger and the harder you go, that's where you get your success. And it was not a recipe for longevity. Like the selling of crack is not a recipe for long-term selling of drugs. Mm -hmm. You've never heard Mm -hmm. of a 30-year-old crack kingpin. I mean, that's old crack for 30 years. There ain't one, right? You may have heard somebody sell cocaine for 25, 30 years. You may have, mm-hmm. but James still heard nobody sell crack for 25, 30 years. Mm-hmm. And so it created this model in this, this interest of replicating this idea of short-term success and not thinking about long-term longevity. Mm-hmm. Um, real quick, when I was working in, working with young people, uh, I never forget, there was a young person that came to, to, to knowledge and then you know, knowledge building by extension to me and really was saying to us like, you know, hey, I have money, where should I invest my money, 
right? And I think he said at that point he had ten, he had ten thousand dollars, right? That he could invest. He was he was running, he was running his block, running his section of the, of the neighborhood. At that point, neither of us had ten thousand. We probably had ten thousand dollars together mm-hmm. <laughs> in the bank, right? Yeah. And so it's interesting. You so it, when we were faced with this idea of a young person who has obvious respect for us is asking us to help him do something because we're the people he respects, right? He doesn't respect anyone else in the community to help him do that. And we ain't got no money. Mm-hmm. Right. But there's no one else that he can think about to help him do this. Now, that same young person is in a wheelchair and has an entirely different life today, which is this conversation of success and longevity. And I don't mean in a good way. I mean, he has an entirely different life he was shot soon after. The money's gone. You know, the hood cr- creates new heroes every day, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and there's a whole bunch of people who want the trash, the trash heap of who of of the ghetto, the idea of ghetto uh, superstardom. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so that really, and so the piece I want to connect with it today is social media has created a space, I think, for uh, for a lot of us where it's like success means the event happened, right? For a lot of us, have you noticed how big people's weddings have gotten, for example? Mm-hmm. Right? How big certain parties have gotten, how big, you know, just all these things that are so based in this idea of seeing it in the short term, right? Which conditions more of us to want the... so. We want the praise of how people see other people in the short term. So then we mimic that behavior, right? It's not done with an eye towards longevity. So even now, like I'm saying, the, the, the experience I'm talking about was like for the hustlers and people that was in certain communities. But now you just have this whole broader success at all costs, huge thing. And to your point, okay, we see it today, but What's the thing about what we see in the future? You know what I mean? So, yeah, well, um, I mean, to build on that, like the the conversation about like and what I was pulling, thinking about the brothers' piece, and I, you know, I try to be, I try, I try to to come back to myself with stuff like that. I mean, one, just so everyone understands, usually when someone writes something and it's reflective of where they're at in the world, it is not a it's not wrong to, to then filter and think about that in, 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 in regards to your own life. Cause that's, you know, that's how language works and reading as a, as a introspective vehicle, you know, for learning and exchange of ideas. So, and I say that to say, cause I, I feel like sometimes, um, I feel like sometimes when you, when you, when you do the thing of looking at something through your lens and like, well, what has my life been like? There's some folks who might uh, challenge your, your your sense to do that so you know for that for the record all right so anyway we move forward um and you know and i started thinking about like and it's something that i've even you know started framing out you know ideas around i guess of, a, of some memoirish type writings about the framework for me where i feel like i made the decision of like what type of what what i was going to be in the world as myself um and then as you make you know we can filter that down to like as a man like taking self-responsibility, taking control of sort of the direction of where my world was going to go in those years and that time in my life. Um, you know, I wouldn't have looked at it. 
uh, as a longevity switch in the point where I said, no, no, wait, my decisions, I look at that as the point in my life where like my decisions have ramifications for my future and, and what I'm going to be. Um, but also, you know, in terms of my own consistency of who I say I am and what I practice. And so therefore I need to be, I need to, I need to get, I need to attach these two things. And, you know, and part of that is, you know, when we were young and we were on our own in a couple of years, I was like, yeah, there's certain stuff, you know, I still want to have fun. I want to go to, you know, we want to go perform on a show and then dance after the show and, and have an adult beverage or two and whatever, whatever. But there are, I, I, I could not, I, I never could stay in the place where I, I thought I could escape the so-called limits of the of the risks that I was taking, even though I was still, you know, living in the moment and trying to have, you know, do the things you do when you're 23. Right. But, you know, where I got to understand that I was like, no, 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 there, there is a line <laughs> for me. Like there is a, there is, there is a spot where I got to go at, at, yeah, I'm not, I'm not doing that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, with you, or I'm not taking this particular substance, you know what I'm saying? Due to what the risk factors that I saw, and how it could impact my ability to keep being and being and being in the moment who I needed to be and being who I needed to be in the future, um, or being here, <laughs> quite frankly, right, in the future. Right, right, right. Like, um, I think that was a really interesting phrasery. And then, even though you know, as the as the as the ball moves, right? Because and that's the thing I loved and what, what the brother was saying because he was like, "This ain't just about being young and dumb, so to speak." Right? I mean, I don't think that was his language, but that would be what I pulled. When he was speaking about, you know, it was grown men over 50 that know they need to get certain medical checks that like that are maybe still uh trying to do or engage in stuff that you could do when you're 22 and your body can get back fast and you're still trying to do all that stuff at 55. It's like, brother, like what what you what are you doing? Like, man, you better go get that, you know what I'm saying? Get get them, get that uh, you know, your, your knee hurt, man. Go make sure if it is it structural, is it repairable, or is it something you just gonna have to learn through manage through physical therapy and lifestyle, right? Like settle, right. don't just be out here doing because you know in the moment you're trying to get this this thing you want, right? That so even that even older men are not immune or exempt from this line of thinking, even though your references may change. Because because you'll get people that'll go like, "Well, I don't drink, smoke, and I don't do this," and like you know, kind of this classic sense of things that are risky. Right. But you may have all the other stuff. You may be emotionally unavailable to you know, the people in your life. You may, you might be, uh, you know, an obstinate, uh, you know, an obstinate force in your workplace where nobody can really get nothing new done because they don't want to talk to you. So they find ways to navigate around your obstinate, no fun ass to get something done. Right. That is good just because, you know, what I mean, like these are real behavior sets that sometimes we can have and be ingrained in and can be detrimental to our well-being. Right. You can't. Because you can't see a world if you're, say, the head of a, like an organization, because you can't see a world where you pass the leadership and authority of that organization into anyone else. You don't even understand how to build the infrastructure to make sure that there's some new leaders coming up, you know, to take over when, you know, and that you have a point where you need to stop being the what? Leader out front every day. Doesn't mean we don't, you lose your value in the community and society. It just means that, no, somebody else. You know, I'm, you know, you, you tip into 65 at some point, I'm like, yo, fam, like, can you share the authority or, or do you have someone ready to take the wheel? If, if you holding on tight and squeezing it, <laughs> like it's no tomorrow, like these are real things that happen, you know, within, and I'm thinking about this from, the, you know, um, you know, sometimes we suffer as a community at the hands of, of, of bad institutions and structures 
and you know these are some of the things we are trying to counter to change our society are based on creating institutions and structures and groups that can hold our ideas and nurture them and and help them turn into you know or be in the moment the 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 things that provide for us from not just a a, a i guess you could say like uh abstract mental emotional social kind of view but they also like provide housing and <laughs> make sure you have a right. uh, clean and clean neighborhood and have equitable access to to the electorate to elected officials and you know like these are real things too that you actually have well, control over infrastructure right like these are right. but like the the conversation i don't know if people always see the that that there is a a place in there where one knows like oh wait, hold up man i can't i can't be the only one that sort of has some leverage, you know, that impacts the positive outcomes. I need to make sure this gets distributed <laughs> to others. If, if I'm the one that so-called has the leadership. Go ahead. And uh, so, no, just to add, I think that's part of the, the switch, whether it's happening as a 25-year-old or 55-year-old, mm-hmm. or it's happening as a collective, right. right? If it's, you know, regardless of what that is, I think that's a part of when, inst- when the broader institutions have failed you, so you have to have a different mindset, right? Or mm-hmm. you feel like you're forced to have a different mindset because the broader institutions have been generally unforgiving, right? Mm-hmm. So, yes, if you if, if if school has failed you in your mind, right? If and, and maybe if the resources were not there to provide you with a space to to grow how you wanted to grow, and the you know the recreation centers weren't open. You develop this, hey, it's, it's, I got to do what I got to do, right? And it starts mm-hmm. to develop this very individualistic mind state as far as it pertains to what success looks like. Because you're not being conditioned by, by institutions for the give back. Now, I'm talking about the broader institutions. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, and so even if you're a 50 year old man who doesn't want to go to the doctor because no one understands how it feels to be a black man who doesn't want to tell somebody that you're hurting. Mm, mm-hmm. and, if the, and, and if someone in your family doesn't understand what it means to do that, if the people you're around don't mean to do that, and then you go to the doctor and the doctor is not culturally responsive and the doctor don't understand what it means for a black man to come in and tell somebody he's hurt when he can't tell anybody he's not hurting anywhere. So the last thing he will come and tell you is that his shoulder been hurting for six months, right. which could be something way more important, right? Mm-hmm. But he can't come and tell you that yeah. because he has not been allowed to show any kind of response to a challenge. Right. 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 And so then so because those institutions do it, then we create dysfunctional institutions internally. To your point of, hey, I got the power. So longevity. Is about me. Longevity is the success is me. I'm not thinking about longevity because I'm not I'm not practicing distributive leadership, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to practice, uh, you know, and when it's not an advocation of the great economy. Um, but history is replete, and American history is replete with examples of how people did use the great economy as a means to go mainstream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Research, anybody listening, anyone listening this already knows that. <laughs> but <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so again, in these models, because the institutions 
don't reinforce the different behavior and all the people who look successful look like they're using the behavior which creates the short-term success mm-hmm. so if it's the if it's the ceo that doesn't pass down leadership because they they believe that they are the they believe it's them right right if the if the person that's getting money for five years because of the breakdown of all of our institutions now believes that they are the adults you know you got certain situations where you know back in the day when we would say somebody was our old head or old timer and all those kind of things those were always um things of positivity like those were always like you know honorable things mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if you notice when the young people call somebody unk and auntie that shit's not that's just not like yo i'm listening to you for your wisdom it's yeah. usually a transactional relationship when an old person's coming to you for something yeah right and so again i'm talking about these institutions that kind of break down internal institutions largely but not always just because of the broader institutions that have conspired to harm people but the thing it does it creates an ecology of fear right mm-hmm. it creates an ecology of that short-term mindset yeah that you actually have to be purposeful in breaking through and it's not just the oh you know the brothers and sisters got to come together right 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 it, it's it's actually going through that thing having that experience and then talking to other people who are also having that experience to then model the behavior and then create institutions that model the behavior mm-hmm. so that it's not up to every individual person to have the experience to say hey I was I was the shit at 25 and again I ain't just talking about the dope game I'm talking about anything yeah no, no. I, well, it's I look, it's, I look good. I look good at twenty five, but I was not thinking about longevity, so I don't look that nice at fifty. Right, <laughs> right. I right. am not healthy at fifty because it was about looking good at twenty five. It was not about being a good looking sixty year old man and, and yeah. a sixty year old man that could run miles. You know. Yeah. No, but 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 I think you touched on something there that's powerful because it's something I uh, like. I will hear people make statements about age right that then will reference this like preferential to be their younger self which we you never go back time goes one direction as we as we experience it right i'm the physics people i don't want to hear from you right now we experience life in one direction (laughs) we 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 younger and then we get older right and you know you know it's it's great you know like all right, I guess give a, give a personal that. So my hair is now long again, right? And I had cut my hair off uh, for a number of reasons, and I decided to go on a long stretch of not growing my hair out. Um, the timing and other conditions of the start of the pandemic said, "Well, let me see, let me see what's happening up there, right?" You know, part of those one of those considerations was was I thinning in a way that was like I that, that maybe my hair grew back. I wouldn't want the way aesthetically for it to be. Right, right, right. Keep it 100. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? Because we've all, you know, know somebody with the with the various stages of the ball patch and the locks. Now there's a whole consideration of you know, we can get into around like, look, it is what it is, and I ain't, I'm not here to judge you if you got a big ball spot and you got locks, you know, you grow where you can grow. But in any event, right, right, right. For myself, was like, well, I wanted to see 
what the conditions of my own thing was to see if I'm comfortable, right? And then, you know, my hair starts growing and it gets a little longer. I'm like, oh man, look at that, you know, and, and it has, you know, it has some nuances. It's not the same as it was when, you know, I grew my hair from uh, what the 96 to, you know, 2001, right? My hair would look different, you know, at that age and look the hair, the color, my hair, the texture, the, 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 the density of the follicles, I imagine was a little bit different in some ways, although not too many. But the 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 evaluation of it was, you know, stuff you evaluate when you're over 40 years old. Like, you know, is my hair long enough for this? Does it, you know, how how does it feel? Does it does it feel different? Does you know what people think? What will people think I'm doing <laughs> growing my hair at this age? Right? Because you know there there are there are dynamics, you know, within um, uh, especially a black community. Especially, but one, you make any change about your life in, in any at any phrase, but definitely when you get older people start making assumptions either it's about you wanting to be younger or something happening in your relationships it's always you know it's always these, these these characterizations of your choices and you know and i had to go like all right man like you know if i'm gonna be do you know long hair man i like having my hair when i had hair and the only thing that was keeping me from growing it back was really more of the, the care and maintenance and thinking about is this the right thing for me at the moment and right if i if I made the decision to grow my hair out because I was going through, you know, some sort of crisis of confidence, I was like, I want to be like the, you know, because now everybody got locks. When I used to have locks in the 90s, I mean, it was more people, but, you know, usually you had locks in the 90s. You had to, you had to be down with certain stuff. You know what I'm saying? You couldn't just, people assume. There were values. There were, there were, there were very explicit values attached to it, unless you were from Miami or something. Yeah, right. And then, like, you know, that's changed. And that's okay. I'm not mad at that change. I'm just acknowledging that it's changed. And so then, though, like, me making that personal choice, when you when you engage with folks and you start to listen to, like, the way they talk about their, their look or their style and how much it's tied up and how they perceive their age and what they should or shouldn't be doing at their age or, you know, uh, when I watched uh, somebody, what did you? Somebody shared a clip, and it was from like, uh, what's that show? The the show used to come on BET with the kids talking in the nineties. Teen and Summit. I, yeah, and I saw all the girls' haircuts. I was like, oh shit, I remember all them haircuts. Well, nobody wear them haircuts no more. You know what I'm saying? Right? Like, and if I and if if a woman I know who especially who was a kid at that time wore one of those haircuts, I would be curious as to why she went back to that you know 1991 fla- flavor. You know what I'm saying? But right, I also people would think go, she's trying to think she's yeah. trying to go back. Right, people think she's trying to go back to like yeah, when she time. was when she was 16. And I'll be like, I don't know if you I don't know if it worked the same. But then the other end, there's a part of me that'd be like, Well, look, if you like it, I love it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> go on, do you, baby. You know, like that's your life. You know what I'm saying? That's how you want to flex it. You want to do it asymmetrical with the bob, you know what I'm saying, or the curl thing and the little joint in the front. Like that's that these are all your own decisions, but the the adoration of sort of a youth as as a as a as like sort of this access point or proxy for like doing well is unhealthy as is the like kind of the idea that like it's not really legitimate until you do it when you're old right it's like oh man you know uh, if you're older man you shouldn't have your hair you know this way or that way it's like look you should do what works for you (laughs) Um, and that that is comfortable but the, the 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 thing in and of itself is not you know, um, you know, just an indicator. It's not just, you know, stationary that way. And I think the, um, I guess, I guess as a, another example, 
you know, had this conversation with my daughter and she was using a a, a definer of the idea of homecoming that um that yeah, this is what we call it. And I and I and I'm not gonna, you know, shout out to lie, I'm not gonna let you be on the you know, on the internet talking to me in live time so you can defend yourself. You know, and I just was sort of going, I hear what you're saying, baby. I'm gonna tell you right now, I don't think the way y'all the what y'all might be saying to 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 define the idea of homecoming today i think there's a much longer cultural tide across society that would you know i don't think it's going to replace the whole word of saying homecoming you know uh just because it's like at most people more people will if you say a homecoming they'll go oh like when people come back to their school that are alma mater right where if you say the other thing you were saying they might ask like is that like is that the name of is that a, is that like a music event <laughs> is that a, is that a food festival like Right, you know, right, right, right. But that is also, you know, part of that is me being old man, rough, get off my lawn. <laughs> Let me challenge what the 15 year old is telling me, you know, but there are part of it that I feel like I'm like, I don't know, baby, I feel like I'm gonna be right. But then again, maybe she might prove me wrong. Maybe everybody will shorten home coming down, you know what I'm saying, into some other phrase. But like the the conversation about the challenge to me was the most important thing to have with her is that the stuff that you're going to be saying, and I'm, I'm trying to think of something that we was all into when we was 15, 16, that it's like, yeah, I ain't heard nobody say or do that in 30 years. Well, maybe not 30, but you know what I mean? In a long time, because what is salient for us in the moment can feel like it's forever, but it isn't always forever. But then there's also stuff that is like, you know, um, the particular styles of living don't always last, but having a certain style does last. You know what I'm saying? Like, right, um, right. Uh, you, if you get into music, like uh, that thing, you know, there's different music that the music itself changes, but the enjoyment of music is the many thousands year old, uh, you know, technology that we all still get into, right? Like how we're doing it, right. what's in it, right? So that's and it's me. relationship to the past, right? It's re- right. it's relationship, and not just to the past in the context of some mythical past, but of the most recent past, right? Mm-hmm. Because some, you know, things that occur often are in relationship to what did come before it. Yeah. Maybe not in relationship to like, you know, uh, the blues songs, uh, the blues laments of Africans on plantations, right? right. Mm-hmm. But it's connected to something that came around it. And, you know, so I think for, for me, the idea of the longevity conversation was really like a, a, a interesting take on what becomes normative amongst a set of people in responding to their conditions mm-hmm. and how we create we create norms that make all the sense in the short term yeah right based on your conditions it makes all the sense so it, this conversation like i said because of our institutions whether it's a kid that's not doing good in school or someone doesn't trust hospitals in the short term your decision makes all the sense and the, the very kind of insidious nature of some of this stuff is the fact that your decision, which we know to be long-term harmful, is actually entirely practical and logical in the short term, mm-hmm. right? It is entirely practical and logical to say, hey, you know what, this is probably my only way I'm gonna get paid, even though this has a three-year run at best if you don't get shot or arrested. Right. And even if you, I mean, think about it. Even if someone said, hey, I made a million dollars, I was outside. Okay, cool. If you were fortunate enough to have a million dollars and then you went to jail for 20 years, that's only $50,000 a year. Mm -hmm. 
right? And who, you know, you need lawyers. So even someone that did something like that to save a million dollars, which is the top one of 1% of people who go to jail, Mm -hmm. still long-term, it's a challenge, right? But it, it made me think, and it's a challenge, I think, to folks that, you know, he was using black men. I think he used everybody, but I do think it's also much in the tradition of Asher O'Head, like to really think about the black men around them, everyone to think about the black people around them and to think about have they turned on the longevity switch? And then to say, have are you helpful to them turning on the longevity switch or are you harmful to them turning it on? And if you are helpful, keep on keeping on, brother. Keep on keeping on, sister. Yeah. <laughs> And if you're and if you're harmful, maybe stop a bit, pause a bit, and think about your own thinking about, you know, um, people who have been affected by these institutions. Yeah. One other thought I will add, and I appreciate that that point you just you elevated there. What like I always think about, um, and and this somewhat comes from my days, you know, working with people, you know, doing the people work, but also personal stuff, you know, my own self. And it's like if. Um, I have a situation that I need to handle. I have a circumstance and it's like, all right, I have a solution that'll help me do this thing. Or, you know, if it's, I'm short on rent or, you know, this bill ain't gonna be paid or, I, you know, something even, you know, extraordinary, you know, that, you know, you got a family member or a friend that's been in a car accident or something and you're trying to, you're trying to get them some support. Right. And you got to go, all right, I could do this right now. Right. And anybody that knows me well knows, I'll, I'll let you know when you ask me for help. I got you for this 20. I probably can get you for another. You, you sure you don't need 40? Because I probably could get you 40 right now. I can't get you $40 every month though. <laughs> or every week or every two days. Or like I, I'm not going to commit to do something I know I can't sustain. And, right. and I think about that with longevity. That is like there's sometimes we make in, in the need to, to survive of our communities, our families, our personal self will try to, to do stuff that, you know, if it was just a prefrontal cortex decision, you'd be like, I can't keep that up for 10 years or for some, un- you know what I mean? For some uncounted amount of time. But you're like, well, I'm gonna try to do as much as I can for as long as I can. And then we'll see what happens next, right? Like, and that's a calculus that a lot of, um, you know, uh, uh, an equation, so the we or algorithm um, that a lot of men, you know, I would say definitely in our personal lives that like, became a part of your sort of analysis or equation of who you are it's like yeah I'm like i'm gonna do these things as hard as i could do them because that's the way you got to do it and then and, and then the, the the effects the cost of trying to sustain that you know they get to always get to their 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 end point where either either the body breaks down the mind breaks down or the circumstances and conditions around you break down and what you were trying to do you know in earnest right. just no longer keeps working Right. And then to me, the part of the longevity conversation that I would like to see is for folks to, to, you know, again, not, not, never just, not just copping out of doing certain stuff in our society. Cause I, I do, I do, I, I hear people on the folks that just basically before we even spend some time thinking about it, it's like, no, I just ain't even going to try that. But to go like, yeah, if, uh, um, I guess maybe as a popular example, um, there's a story out of Louisiana where the father's, uh, got a program and the father started being in the school and engaging with the kids, you know, kind of, you know, every day to um, 
that least as it was reported was as was response to some of the, the activity that was going on with the school with the kids but like fighting and whatnot right but what one may lose in there is you don't think about it they got like a, if i again if the reporting is accurate like 40 individuals volunteering to be in the school every day right so it means it's not one person it's not 10 not five people it's a whole it's, a, it's enough people that they hopefully can what sustain that effort to adjust the way the culture functions and if when you're talking about longevity, you know, with things and change, like we got to keep the people part where you're like, we need enough people to adhere to these values or these behaviors or this set of things that we're going to do so that we can what sustain it. You know what I mean, and if, right. and, and if you don't have enough people to sustain the change that you want to do, it doesn't mean don't make the change. Just understand, like it may only this may only last like the, the less people that are involved, the more fragile the 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 whatever the remedy you put in place because it's going to become hard at some point for somebody in there to keep going they're going to need a break they're going to need a stop or their life is going to change in some other way where they're like yo i gotta i have to do this other competing commitment and so like really the the, the power and the importance of collective action and then of developing that amongst each other right and it, it, with any sustained you know change in our society is always there, right? Um, right. I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I applaud and I love and I respect those who, through the, the temerity of their individual intestinal fortitude, like do some ill thing, right? Or make some ill stuff happen. But if we see whatever they, they've done as something that is, if it's gonna be long-term systemically changed, other people have to have some of those ideas for it to root. You know what I'm saying? So if we look at civil rights movement, we look at social movements, that there may be a leader who, who is elevated to sort of figurehead of that work. But the ideas that the leaders articulating at some point, at least some good percentage of them become a part of all of these other people <laughs> involved in and in a part of what's happening there. You know what I'm saying? Before, it, before they actually start to have impact. So, yeah. But also I would yes, say on longevity, like, may put that in I mean, I'd let her come back to that. I mean, I think we probably could get into like, you know, I mean, maybe not today, but like discrete activities that one does to try to be, you know, to to, to frame something in longevity. Um, you know what I'm saying? And, and having that as a value. I definitely like the idea of toasting to that, you know what I'm saying, which I think the brother put in there or maybe it was in the, the headline of the post. Yeah, no, no, he did. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. So Absolutely. unless you got something else on that, um, something else happened this week. <laughs> 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 and I guess in a, yeah, in a yeah. sense we could we could I mean, <laughs> yeah I mean we'll just go with where it goes so so yay Kanye the artist yay. you know what I'm saying probably known as or, or probably known as, as um had a drink champs interview and um and I and I got I like I got maybe like the last quarter little last third to, to wrap up on it but I got enough into it that I got a, a sense where Mr. West uh Chicago's own you know, had to say in this particular piece. And there's some stuff, and I, I'm going to try to, I'm going to say a couple things just to frame this conversation, or I don't know, I'll let you go where you want to go. Uh, but for me... No, go, no, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Me discussing Kanye is no way an endorsement of, like, any particular idea Kanye has about the world. Um, it is not a um, a stamp of approval for any behaviors or actions that he has made in his life or in the public sphere. Um, however, and, and with that, um, you know, my own 
uh, I guess if, if I if I had it written on a single uh, paper, my editorial viewpoint on how I engage, especially talking about Black people in the public space, um, just doesn't involve certain behavior sets. So if um, at any point in this, you have the thought like, but why you ain't talk bad about him for, for whatever, whatever the thing may be, understand that that is not just, that's not the way I approach Black people in general, is that within my, what, what limited media capacity that I have, that I only use it to be critical in a way that is not, that as I see it, somewhere for us both to move forward with something. So, you know, just want to say that in case anybody's listening, it's like, yeah, I mean, I hope Justice give Kanye the business right now. I'm not, I'm not here. To, I don't even know that man personally to be right. That's you know, right. Making some kind of personal I, assessment. Of and him, so. just, just a real quick, I think that's uh, something to be said that we don't personalize people we don't know. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah. Where's something <laughs> <laughs> that you would like? There's to, so there's so much there. To bring us it, in. It, it is not often you can watch something that's so wild <laughs> that like you really go back to think about it. Like, yo, did he really say that? <laughs> did he really think that? Like, I, you know, uh, so one, I want to start with the thing, the top line thing for me through watching it. And I think there's a, an interesting part of this. And it is the conversation about mental health. He talks about it in in the art in the interview in ways I think that is somewhat refreshing mm-hmm. because he talks about being pressed. He talks about when he he has a you know he has a gentle mental as he still stated. <laughs> yeah, um, but just the fact that we're dealing with and kind of coming to the fact we're dealing with, you know, I don't think it's a stretch to say, even though I don't always okay. I know that some of Sunrise music, right? For example, jazz artists, avant-garde jazz artists, was absolutely genius. Mm-hmm. It is not something I would like to listen to all the time. Yeah. Doesn't mean it's not genius. But genius and kind of sometimes music that you want to hear or art that you want to see sometimes is different, right? Mm-hmm. So in that sense, I know I would say that Ye is a genius artist. I don't want to listen to his music all the time. He is getting to a place where what he is doing is more important than what he's producing. And then that's when you become, to me, like a singular figure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because uh, Donda, you, I mean, you can, you can have it. I mean, last couple of, couple of albums, right? But again, it's just like, do you like every giant? Did you like every John Coltrane album? No, you didn't. Did you like every Miles Davis album? No, you didn't. Did you like every Richard Wright book? No, right? Like, we have to be real about this. But there, but again, what he's doing in the conversations we're having are more important than the fact we're okay with listening to someone who we know goes through bouts of depression, who we know can get manic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it's an important place for music culture, but it's also an important place for black folks mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because we didn't, we don't want to have those conversations. Yeah. We'll want to charge it to other stuff. So I think that's kind of one place. Um, oh, I mean, you know, 
there's an honesty that lives there that obviously I think, again, is tied to his mental health in in a, a, a sense of being vulnerable that we are not used to rappers having. Yeah. So if he's saying like, yeah, man, Tata, Jay-Z's homie, he used to look at me. He used to scare me. So every time I get mad at Jay-Z, I get mad at Tata too. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that shit's hilarious. It's it's something that people feel, and it's what's happened in people's personal relationships. But the fact that he said it, right? The good, bad, or ugly, the fact that he said, just blaze, you copied my style. Now, what's interesting, and again, I didn't necessarily take it as far as he did. I did make me think, man, when's the last Just Blaze beat I thought I heard? It did make me think that. Mm. It, it absolutely said, hmm, man, that's a weirdly enough, that's an interesting point. And as an aside, even though, again, he says stuff, he says wild stuff, Bink, who was the other producer on the album, chimed in and agreed. Now, take that for what you will. I do know that time I heard Bink song. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've heard Bink continue to produce. Yeah. So I, I just, I, you know, again, and like sometimes just because it's verbose and it's said doesn't mean that it's always necessarily wrong. Um, his statement of like, you know, kind of, you know, Jay Z selfish, right? <laughs> and everybody's like, ooh, ooh. He said, you know, Jay Z selfish, man. Come on. Right. But again, this vulnerability and the openness to say stuff that we do not connect with what rappers normally kind of get into about themselves and about others. His 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 vulnerability about his wife. Yeah. Again, say say what you will, but like, hey man, this dude, his his vulnerability about Drake. Man, this dude's playing psychological warfare with me. Right. When he when he when that was interesting when he when he talked about like they're playing this song, you know, at your kid's birthday or your kid's party, and it's you know, that's sort of about me. That's about my family. Like that that dude, that's different. Like, like in the in the in the bring up um actually even his old it was a very interesting characterization when he when he spoke to that, that like, you know, like you know, one like saying like when Jay had I guess whatever that song, I don't even remember the song. But like Jay had a verse on there, but like Jay didn't know that they was having issues. You know what I mean? Whenever that was recorded, and then you know, right? Th- but then the, the whole piece of that there was conversations had, right? That like he engaged that that you can have, you can see certain stuff within the context of like making music that's business, but there there still is a there's a line, there's a limit, there's a place where you maybe you, you shouldn't go. You know what I'm right. saying? Um, and and that with that that like again like i appreciated him speaking to that you know what i'm saying doesn't you know like and and, and that that there are certain things like it, it's all good for like you like if you want to go on the internet you don't necessarily know me and you you disagree with something i did or said or or, or i'm a part of i'm kind of like all right whatever but if you know me and you ain't come talk to me about it or vice versa, yeah. I'm saying, like, I, like, yo, I got a, I got a real issue with you, cause, cause, cause we know each other. This ain't, ain't we ain't talking about people that don't know each other. We talk about somebody that know each other, right? Like, you know, if if you, um, have an issue with a particular, um, you know, public individual, you know, I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it's reasonable for you to, to, to not like them, 
to me myself, I, I wouldn't endorse you getting your blood pressure all up on somebody that you can't, you don't know personally though. Cause like at some point it's like, yo man, you, you, you are taking all the pain <laughs> for this, for this That's right. particular, like they're not hurt by your blood pressure going up because you, you know, spent, you know, I don't know how many hours last night reading news articles and getting more mad about them or, you know, going on a furious, you know, 45 minute Twitter rant and or argument with people who would defend them when you went out to, you know what I mean? Like these are choices that we make sometimes in these things that engage, especially for people that are public figures or celebrities and they come these sort of proxy for, at least as I see it, for like our values and how we see ourselves. right? It's probably one of the, I think, interesting things that social media creates is then this space when that you go out to say something about it in whatever the scale or size of your particular platform to do so, meaning if the people you tweet to or it's only like 400 people that you know and 7,000 bots, you know what I'm saying? Or if it's something more or jumping into these other threads of, of thought, you know, you're still actually participating in like an engagement around an idea that at some point ties to who you think you are in the world so you may feel you need to say something. But again, like, you know, my own internal editor tells me like I gotta, I gotta, I gotta triage which things are the the places that I like again, like I need to really get the, the hairs on the back of my neck, you know, steamed up about and which ones is like, all right, man, uh, let me say a couple points, and then I'm gonna move on and I may never ever look at this post ever again because it, what am I doing? Right. But when it gets to um, you know, what what he was saying around you know some of those that music related beef you know I, I appreciated that he was like framing it like look there's certain stuff that's about some music it's like being a, this is professional music stuff this is what you you do subliminal stuff and then then you say something and the other thing but like we, we ain't really trying to kill nobody like who would do that why would you do that why would you really want to hurt somebody else <laughs> like you know, there's money to be made and, and, and just, it ain't worth it. You know what I mean? But it does, if you the one experiencing it, it does hurt. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, when he, when he spoke about like the man insinuating that, you know what I mean? He, he, you know, we had to have relations, sexual relations with his, with his wife. He like, damn, like I would have rather he just, just know that you really did it. I it was, it was, you know what I mean? Like it was, I, I can, I can tap into where that's a very human <laughs> response to something like that, that I don't think we would appreciate. We don't, I think we typically appreciate somebody, you know, kind of speaking to in a public form, right? Like you might read no, in the memoir 30 years later, like I was right, really upset right. when he said that. It's like he said, you know, he said it right now, like this just happened. Which yeah. which almost cuts down everything else because it's yeah. almost like, and, and, you know, I'm not trying to dive into the whirlpool yeah. slash cesspool, which is cancel culture, mm. but he's almost making himself like Teflon, like, in the sense of, hey, I'm outside with all my crazy shit from the beginning. So if you don't like what I got to say, that's cool. <laughs> because I'm not really hiding from what you think about me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he'll say something just logical enough or just pressing enough to be like, oh, wow. And then he says some crazy shit. <laughs> yeah, like, like, just, like he, just, he just goes back and forth. Like, he'd be like, damn. That's a, that's a good point. Oh, oh wow. Did you Kanye, say that? That? Yeah, man, yeah, yeah, like I got questions about that one, Kanye. Like I, the one thing saying, I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's I thought it is also interesting because he definitely had and again, this is for everyone that's listening that might be like, but he said, listen, there's there's a question about to me 
Um, and even in, you know, like right now for me, um, adding to the Justice Pantheon list, and when I get around to it, I will share the rest of y'all of things that I don't say. I don't say anything's politically correct. I've never, uh, you know, I, and I can tell you in a very long diatribe why maybe one day I'll spend time to record it, but let's just say it is short. That concept was inserted into the lexicon to undermine rightful discussion about change for Black people. It has no other value. <laughs> mm. Every, everything else is attached to that. When you go back to the conservatives that was kicking that in the 40s and 50s, I want to say that that at least that's my my entry point of it of it as an idea it was not to have they, they were actually trying to get to something that was correct politically <laughs> it was strictly to undermine arguments for change and then we'd be restating it and saying it and accusing people of it anyway so similarly um you know we have to be mindful of the way words are used way language is structured to create ideas and frameworks and it's something that i you know i, I can see what 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 Kanye, yay as he as he as he liked to be referred, yay what up yay, is that he is experiencing the idea of people people are really trying to influence him right like he's not lying I don't think when he says like yeah no nah, I mean you get these people and they hire you they talk to you crazy you pay them and they talk to you crazy you know what I'm saying people just undermine your perspective you know and usually they don't do it just in a way like I disagree with you not only do I disagree with you something's wrong with you right. You know, I thought the thing, the statement where he said, like, they had, they ain't like me, so they went and found all these other Kanye's. You know, now, you know, now there might be, you know, a little bit of personal grandia, grandstanding there, maybe, yeah. maybe not. But yeah. the general idea of the combo, you know, the multi-platform artist as we understand it now was not something that people were supported in doing, even though, you know what I'm saying, going back to, to Wu-Tang and Wu-Ware, where they would, where, you know what I'm saying, where they took their creation creativity as it related to rap to music right and moved it into clothing you know what i'm saying and then in the and now in, in the movies and now in the television right but when we was kids in 1988 if somebody told you chuck d was going to start selling start making the marketing and developing a brand of of, uh, of jeans to battle to replace the leads or leads you know what i'm saying we would people right would, right right laugh chuck d out the door people would would in public go there's no way he could understand the fashion industry or or if they wanted to go to the other side, the way manufacturing works. Like, right. But like now. Right. With your with your dog whistles. Right. 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 All dog whistles. Right. But now even down to uh, if you uh, a little bit of the um, uh, the Griselda interview when there's on million dollars worth of game. And he's talking about, yeah, we started we was making we started making clothes ourselves and selling them before we started making music, you know, as teenagers. Right. Like. It's a whole lot of, and then they ain't the first ones, right? Like, but the idea now is supplanted that if someone is is an artist in one field, that it is a a bridge to being a general creative in whatever field they can what have influence in. That that's an accepted right. concept now, and you know, you know I I got tip 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 the hat to yay like yeah you're right you, you I mean you ain't you ain't necessarily pulling on the wrong thread. By saying and he and he, and he doesn't. It's like he might pull on it too tight. He might pull on it too fast. You know what I mean? But he again, and I think this that's what makes some of what he says challenging to people because I think in some ways I'm gonna go forward. He pulls on some really important parts of Black traditions mm-hmm. as a general idea. Yeah. Now then it gets kind of it gets kind of scrambled with other stuff. 
yeah. But his at least his conversation about community. Also, aside the fact that neither Nori or EFN knew what a kid butts was, is almost like the number one example of like, well, our school stuff ain't really working in America. Right. Because like you didn't like you are 40 year old men, millionaires that don't know what a kibbutz is. And so it's not even just that you didn't learn in school, is that you're not nowhere else with anyone who ever says the word butts. Right. Hey, never you have you've obviously not been in any sustained conversation about the uh it's like Palestine, Israel, and no. <laughs> like you've been part of none of them conversations because it would come up. No. So but so I think that was just an aside. That tripped me out. Like, wait, yeah. I need it now? All of my <laughs> anyway. But he pulls on some really important traditions and puts them in a line, which I think a lot of black folks, whether it's the black conservative tradition and people, you know, sometimes that's a little, it's, an, it's anathema sometimes for us to talk about, mm-hmm. but he pulls on the black tra- conservative tradition, not necessarily mean the black Republican tradition, right, right, but the black conservative tradition. He pulls on the black idea of business tradition, the idea of ownership. He pulls on these things in ways that I think there are people who be like, you know what? He's got a lot going on, but I got something out of what he's saying to me. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so some of the other, some of the other wild stuff. I mean, one, the fact that Beans gave him the name Yeezy, uh, is is fascinating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And 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 also one of the interesting things, I guess, on the business tip was the I don't know if you saw the Dane Dash conversation where on on Drake Chain? Yeah. I yeah, where you said so they, they had this thing called slime time, um, where you know Nori does that either or thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does like, do you like this or this person? And they were like Jay or Jay or Dane as a business person. And the homie was like 100% Dame Dash. He was like, Dame Dash is the original black hipster. Dame Dash is the visionary for all of this shit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He was like, Dame Dash was trying to do this before I was trying to do it. Yeah. And he was like, and so anybody who don't like me taking care of Dame Dash, get over it, basically. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to take care of Dame Dash the day I die. Yeah. Which is something kind of going back to that longevity conversation, frankly, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that you don't hear amongst the the history of the, like, Black music community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where someone was a progenitor, you know, but... No, but I think it's something that's even, and I I think just as as maybe a complication of flummox to people to think about, because even within the span of the conversation, he basically shows that, like, he lo- he loved Dame. He loved J- like Jet. Like he hasn't. He's right. not operating in like I gotta pick one or the other. Like because I think externally mm. we would perceive those relationships as a, either you with Jay or you with Dame or you with you know what I mean you with like Big is at which at, which real quickly let me just say real quickly means that one of them is right and one of them is wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. We do we do that to assume and it comes from the place of oh is Jay Z right because Jay Z is successful. Mm. Mm-hmm. Is Dame Dash wrong because he's always in court? You see, I just wanted to put that in just as far as, like you said, that binary choice that in the 20 years since Rockefeller broke up, people are still making. Right. And and, it, and to me, it goes to this the, a larger decision 
kind of making framework that I feel we're sometimes encouraged to exist in, in that you have to, right, there's clearly places to, to pick sides, right? Like there's circumstances, right. situations, usually they're acute and specific. Um, but within the nature of the way most of our human relationships work, you know, you're like, look, I, I'm, I'm out on this decision that this person in my life made. You know, I still love them, though. <laughs> um, right. I, I'm not happy. You know, they, they crossed all of the lines. I, I don't know if I can have a regular conversation with them again. Also, I don't want to find out something terrible happened to them. Right. Like, or, you know, and again, not always in such harsh consequences, but also it's like, look, I love both of them. Them two can't be together. <laughs> but when right. I can see them, I go see them. And when I can see this one, this one, right. Maybe down the line, they'll find some place to, 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 to reconcile if it's even that way. Right. Again, uh, so I'm not speaking specifically about Dane and Jay, because I don't know them, them brothers. And I assume they're grown enough men that whatever, if they, however they exist in, they uh, hopefully are okay with it. You know what I'm saying? But well, but I mean, the you idea saw what Jay. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was gonna say you saw what Jay, you know, Jay kind of gave a, you know, kind of a probably the first um, olive branch to to Dame in years at the mm-hmm. Rock and Roll Awards, and then I guess Dame Dash says he want to get out of court. <laughs> I was like, cool, yeah, man, this would be great. We could talk. <laughs> Straight yeah, up, man. Lawyers cost me a lot of money, but no, no, go ahead. No, yeah, yeah, but it, but point, I'm with you 100. percent yeah, I mean, it's like we, it, it, the external world, typically, especially for black folks, um, I think black men and black women, black people in general, when we engage a lot of times with their apparatus, the pressure point to to do things or to talk about us is to try to push us to endorse or support certain things or be against or for people you know whatever they may be at the moment so it's not super specific but the experience of it is is you get a thing where um, even in their time with the minimum amount that they knew each other um martin luther king and malcolm x are constantly being asked about each other right? right like as if that's the way to get to understand one or the other that's not a question for them that's a question that the people who those media apparatuses cared about they didn't care about <laughs> the well-being of uh, of Malcolm either X of them or or or, uh, or or Martin Luther King, right? And so when we get into, you know, it's funny, dude. I watched uh, I did something I don't normally do this morning. I watched uh, like uh, I watched Face the Nation, and I was listening. Okay, I wanted to get here how some reporting on the um you know on the infrastructure deal and other stuff, and I was listening very closely to how the 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 the, uh, the host you know approached engaging around. The infrastructure deal and a lot of the questions were very pointed to like you don't actually care about like the deliberate deliberative correct answer so to speak about any of these decisions like they're framed and stuff like you know how you know framed part of the conversation was framed in like how panicked should democrats be about the next election right not about the moment not about if the bill was good for society not about the details of what's in this but around whether what some other vote in another year should be right that's an editorial choice you know what i'm saying that's like if you go um you know sometime this week you know what i'm saying if you know if i may able to catch up um with your pops and then i ask him about something's happening in north philly and then my question audibly goes to something like you know uh road construction or whatever else I, i'm choosing to frame our conversation around something that i think is important 
right? right. Maybe not necessarily not the same thing as me asking him, Joe, just what's happening. What what does he see that's important, right? Those are not the same thing. If he starts telling me, you know, different pieces of parts and then we go deeper into that. But if I came in because I had some predetermined interests about North Philly and I wanted him to be my proxy <laughs> to give me the information, right. right? I might ask that question in a way that points to very specific outcomes. Right. And that's a lot of times, especially for black folks, that's what we experience in the entertainment media, for sure. There's a whole industry built off of, you know, I mean, the black gossip media is one of the entry points in our, you know, you know and I hope none of these particular, of any of these particular entities see gossip media as a negative, but gossip, Blavity, uh, Shade Room, um, what, there's several, I can't remember, there's another one I can't remember, whatever that one, whatever that network that the dude who, I can't remember his name, but he was, I just saw a clip, he was talking to the the, the, the influencer, what's her name, uh, Britney's whatever, and, yeah. and, and right, like, those are entities that are predicated on sort of this entertainment gossip conversation of the, of, the, of, of what, when we were kids, would have been the People Magazine Entertainment Tonight you know, inside edition variety, you know what I'm saying? But now there's all these other vehicles for it, you know, World Star. Like all these things have a built-in piece around sort of this weird, you know, very often, often not necessarily uplifting. And I guess some of those, are, I would say actually are pretty uplifting. Blavity is, is probably not the least negative of any of those. Um, if you read some of the stuff, the root, you know, at least what it became, um, you know, the root being a little bit more high minded under the, the Huffington Post and all that, um, you know, or I guess NBC now um, of like, or I think it's NBC, one of them. Anyway, where it's like, you know, the lean is, is the black issues, but, you know, they don't necessarily trade as heavily in the like, this black person may not be black enough for us. This black person right, love right. black people the way black people think. Right. But there's a whole industry that's built on the like, whose side are you on, Jay-Z or dang dashes or dang like, yeah, that's right. right do you like kanye or do you like drake do you like you know right. what I'm saying? and it's right. like like the business to... decisions <laughs> here's my thing we are often making editorial decisions about the business and the personal conversations to which most of us will never be privy and even if we were privy it would be a case study in how you would respond mm-hmm. if someone was for better or for worse, harmful to your business. Yeah. Do you depart from them, right? But we all know, and people in our families, we, oh man, and nobody's supposed to buy this thing together, buy this boat together, man. But you know, you acting too crazy. So I'm not buying the boat with you. We do that all the time, <laughs> right? Right. We're supposed to go to the to the to the Essence Fest together, but I ain't going with you now because you, you. I ain't going with you now. <laughs> I'm gonna pay for these money, and that's right. <laughs> We people make them decisions every day, but when we're thinking about two people who had business and a lot of intertwined personal connections, mm-hmm. we uh, editorialize and then editorialize on the relationship. So, to your point, I think even in his stridentness, I think Kanye kind of yay sets a different bar. Right, he sets a bar like, no, I'm both of them. I love both of them. Chase the boss. No hey, problem. Yeah, like no conversation with Jay. No, yeah. no problem with Jay. But I can still say Jay's selfish because Jay knows he's selfish. Right, and y'all all know Jay. <laughs> and y'all all know Jay selfish. So what's the problem? Y'all know I'm crazy, and y'all know Jay selfish. What, what's you? So to me, it was like a level setting. Yeah, for a lot of that, or even that Drake practices psychological terror. <laughs> He started talking about he DMing he did like 
like, you know, you, it's not no way I would approach life, but I could imagine somebody else maybe going, especially, I mean, if you watch enough, you watch those like, you know, successions on these other, like, if you had the means and the resources to pay other, you know, people to spend all day trying to figure out who was like your main man's girlfriend to tend her a crazy DM to cause some sort of disturbance in your world, right? Like, I wouldn't approach life like that. But I guess if you got the means at the time and that's just how you how you think you like oh wow, I, I Listen, when Drake that. when when Drake and Meek when Drake and Meek had their beef, they said he was staying in Toronto. Meek was staying in Toronto and Drake bought out the entire floor above him and played the song all night. Wouldn't let him sleep. He played back to back all night. Can you imagine somebody buying out a floor to psychologically terrorize you? Yeah, that's 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 a cold piece right there. That's 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 like... a <laughs> cold dude, man. That's a cold. This is a dude that proclaims to be the most emotionally underengaged women, and and then he is practicing psychological terror on dudes through <laughs> their through their relationships, right? <laughs> Actually, that like you said, that's a cold piece like right that there. Ain't, that ain't the way I move through the world, but you know, I, if that's how that's who you are, that's what we got. You know what I'm saying? We we gotta, we gotta <laughs> just that's what we're dealing with. And I think sometimes, um, even in our current sort of analysis publicly around like what happens in our society, there's this tendency to like remove the fact like if the way someone is is not the way you think they should be, it's a good thing for you to understand, especially so that you can evaluate what you're going to do however that is who they are like if what's going to show you who they are and you try to act like they're not that or they should be this other person and then you try to deal with them you're going to get the analysis wrong every time because you you thinking they're going to be some other person but they're not going to be that person they're going to be the person they are you know what i'm saying and, and, I, and i'll extrapolate that to say to um the the fake uh the totally fabricated crt controversies the way um, a certain constituency, and unfortunately, uh, uh, a broad constituency of people use the idea of woke, <laughs> like it ain't got mm-hmm. really nothing to do with what the reality of those things are, but it has everything to do with who those people are. And some of us should know better. <laughs> I ain't say everybody should, but some of us should be like, wait a minute, man, I've been, you know, as I like to say, I've been black my whole life. There's certain stuff I'm like, for real? You, you just came at me with that? Like, I, I you know what I'm saying? I like, like nah, man, I'm not falling. I'm not putting that banana in my tailpipe. Like, like, <laughs> like, come on, dog. Like, you got to get up a little earlier in the morning if you was trying to get me a reaction out of me on that. <laughs> Are you gonna have me? Oh, come on, man, you, you tripping? You know what I mean? And that gets into you know when I'm embarrassed at the things that something I'm like, wow, you ain't know nothing about that. You was up here talking. You ain't never had no conversation where you know what a kibbutz was. Damn, brother. Then let's uh, let's have a coffee after this so we can we can we can work on your what your back what what, what you're doing in your offline time. So you could be ready how much you know about the way the rest of the world works or other things that just are are, are, are salient and important. Um, but also, uh, I think the thing I was going towards for that was like, um, to get back to, to the interview, there's something to, again, him being honest and even in the things they're like, man, they're going to cut me off. You know, you know they're going to try to shut me down. And, and, and we know this idea of if you say too much of what you really think, um, typically, unfortunately, it's it's kind of, uh, I would say it's been uh, wrangled by those who have the most, sometimes, quite frankly, absurd things to say. 
right in our macros and in our, in our larger broader culture of like but but there is a real cost sometimes when you say you know uh uh obviously i referenced the the outcast i think it was big uh, big boy verse you know where they, they shut you down when you tell them how you really feel like you say something how you was really on your heart there's some people that are either gonna they're gonna penalize you for that you know what I'm saying? Right, people, right. we know that we anyone that's done any kind of civic leadership knows that uh, anybody if you've ever made a creative product of some kind you know that um and it doesn't mean that how you feel is necessarily right and or is not due to be criticized but it's about the idea that there's a potential that always exists when you are very true to what you think are thinking and want to share it that you will be penalized especially as person from our community and not necessarily always on no fair you know, terms or you know, rubric that is actually assessing the idea, but as much as assessing, are you allowed to say that? Um, do we give you the, the runway? Or if we if we punish you <laughs> for saying it, will anything happen to us? And there's a there's a you know there's a long history of if you if you was a black man in the 30s telling people that the New Deal <laughs> wasn't really helping enough black people, you know what I'm saying? It's like people would be like, man, whatever, whatever y'all, whatever we gave y'all is all y'all had to do. You know what I'm saying? And and we can afford to, to punish you. You know what I'm saying? Unless what? You know, if you ate Philip Randolph, you had to sleep with carporters, you had a you had a constituency that could what take care of you. Right. That could protect you, right? You know what I'm saying? If I bring up to folks, like I said, I, I remember reading something. I think I told you about this. It was like talking about uh, Marcus Garvey and A. Philip Randolph wasn't feeling him. You know, now a lot of us love Garvey and there's some great stuff in Garvey's reading and writing. There's also some really hard questions to ask about Garvey for somebody that that never actually ran a government about how the world was going to work. Like it never actually ran a society that had to like take care of itself. <laughs> right. Right. There's some things to challenge. Doesn't mean that you throw Garvey out the water. Doesn't say that Garveyism was wrong. It means if we're going to be healthy, we got to look at it and go, Hmm, what did, what, what did this leader who was doing, making this movement, if he didn't have, if he had a, a fair criticism about this other leader, what was, what was, what was the actual criticism? Was it personal or was it about a way around practice or ideas? And it's okay for us to what? Look at both of them, look at all of what they're talking about and take the best part for ourselves and not get caught up in feeling like I got to pick one or the other or this one, you know, I love this uncle more than that uncle. Like, you don't got to do that. Right. You got to look at them and go, all right, man, both of y'all is my uncles and both of y'all done made some choices. I agree with some of your choices and I, I don't agree with some of your choices. Yeah, you know I mean, let me take the good stuff from this and, and then leave the space for you to be who you are on your own. Yeah, no, sir. Man. So I don't know what else. I was gonna say something else. No, I think uh again, I think um just given that for anyone has if you may have seen pieces of it, but you know, it, it's hilarious, it's cringy, it's all those things yeah, at one time. Right. It's kind of like <laughs> any kind of experience you want to have, you can have it in, in the two plus hours of listening to the yay uh interview. Um but I do think it was it was important to hear some of his vantage points, um, especially in the broader context of music and just, you know, within reason, people controlling communication outlets to be able to have a conversation. Absolutely. Yeah, that's something I wanted to make sure we elevate. And I guess something that just came to me, too, is just as just opposed to our conversation about verses, which I enjoy, but two and a half hours is a long time of, 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 of verses of like performing. Right. But like two and a half hours of talking, not as bad. 
lot easier right. to kind of mellow in and you know doing what you're doing. So just a, just an observation, not a judgment or a decision. Just something I just want to put out there for the record. You know, <laughs> My <laughs> so, man. Yes, uh, so um, I don't know. With that, anything else to add before we depart? No, all good. All right. So um, with that, I'm say peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to Good Brothers. Thank you to my good brother, I'm Majestic. Thank you to you, the listeners. Uh, I try to record regularly, and as we're still in this developmental transitional space, I appreciate you continuing to support the podcast, uh, you know, in the most exciting way, the most easiest way, the most direct way, which is by listening. Uh, The next way is by sharing with a friend, um, recommending. Um, And the next way that is maybe not necessarily less important or more important is by uh, financially contributing to the show uh you can become a patron just search justice raji on patreon and find a level that works for you you can also hit the etsy shop i'm planning to update sweatshirts smut things but like i said i'm in a transitional developmental space right now so things will come as they come but you know grabbing a sweatshirt you know puts a a hard chunk into takes about a month of uh, streaming costs <laughs> off, the, off the table for, for your man so in any event i appreciate you for listening uh, always feel free to give feedback directly um you can find me at justice raji on most places on the internets um and you can also yeah just 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 do that just search justice raji and figure out what social media vehicle works best for you um or send an email to uh you know ashohead at gmail.com yeah that's a new wrinkle so not really but in any event man be safe enjoy this fall you know beautiful autumn weather you know i'm saying and get ready for the for the for the brisk the briskness you know what i'm saying so with that i say peace